yes, I do think it helped me come to terms with a lot of my fears uh, in creating that, which is like why we create, right? I, I think yeah. one of my acting coaches told me, um, when you, he used to say, the more personal you are, the more universal you are. Welcome to Living in Entertainment, a podcast where I chat with talented professionals from different sectors of the entertainment industry. This week, I speak to actor and director Shannon Walsh about her journey into acting, her newfound love of directing, and the inspiration behind her work. So what made you get into the film industry? Um, it was very random. I, uh, I was actually a competitive gymnast for a very long time. Oh. And uh, I had like a weird entrance into the industry because I, <laughs> I was a gymnast and I had, uh, they, they were casting a horror film in my hometown. Yeah. And my friend who was also a gymnast <laughs> and I thought it would be fun if we, get went to the mall got some headshots and then submitted those headshots to be a to be an extra in the movie so we did that um i get a call a couple weeks later saying wes it was a wes craven film um wes craven enjoyed your headshot and would like to see if you'd be interested in being a featured extra so i i became a featured extra i had no acting experience whatsoever and then um Essentially, a year later, when I thought the movie was completely finished, I got a call saying they were doing reshoots and your character would be expanded. And they asked my mom if I if I could act and audition for it. And we were like, well, we'll find out. So I did the audition and I got it. And so that was the first role I ever filmed as an actor. And not long after that, I kind of dove into the acting world. So I, I quit gymnastics about six months later and fully committed myself to acting. I went, it was around the time that I was applying to colleges. So I did a complete 180. I I was looking at schools for sports and then I did a complete 180 and applied to Tisch. And that's actually where I went for, I only went there briefly. Uh, It's part of NYU, but I went there for six months before kind of things shifted again, but I don't need to bore you with those details. So yeah, it was really the working with Wes Craven that got me into the uh, industry in the first place. And then a lot has shifted since then with what I'm focusing on. And, um, but that's kind of how the whole story began. Yeah. So that just like one decision with your friend just kind of changed your life. basically. We literally went to the mall and you know, they take those photos, like when you're doing like Christmas cards for families. Yeah, Yeah. That's, that's who took our photo and they're, t- God, it's not a good photo of me, but, um, that's the one that we, that I, my mom still has it in her like desk drawer back in Connecticut. So yeah. that's, that it was that decision that one day that, that kind of got the ball rolling with, with, with acting. Yeah. Yeah. So 
you've also kind of expanded into like directing and writing do you have any preference over which you prefer I get this question all the time from from friends especially and right now what's the date September 10th 2021 my focus is is very much on creating films um, as a writer and a director I I still love acting Um, I've worked on some projects this year that are coming out I don't know when, in the fall or next year. Uh, so I'm still working as an actor and, and auditioning as an actor, uh, but a lot of my passion and my energy has has shifted towards writing and directing. And so right now, if you were to ask me what I want to do in the future, I would say create, my write and direct my own films. I think it would be fun down the line to like give myself small parts in the films, mm-hmm. but I'm not a person who thinks I can handle being a lead in a film that I'm also directing and writing. I definitely don't think I have the capacity for that at this point in time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of the energy has been, I'm just using the word multi-hyphenate these days because I, I, I love acting still and it's really what I got started in, but then the writing and directing has has become a, a very big focal point for me and, and I'm really passionate about it. Yeah. Do you think a part of that's, uh, your kind of love for creating is more to get your creative side out do you think it's harder yeah. to do that as an actor I was thinking about it's funny you asked me that because I, I was getting coffee this morning and for some reason maybe I knew I, that question was coming but like <laughs> I I was wondering to myself why am I doing so much like why and I think it is because I'm just like every fiber of my being is art if I'm yeah. not writing, I'm drawing. If I'm not drawing, I'm painting. If I'm not painting, I'm trying to learn guitar. Uh, my days are so filled with art. And between right. writing, directing, and acting, I do feel like I'm able to be my most creative and authentic sort of self. Yeah. Um, so maybe there's certain things of acting in acting that I clearly wasn't feeling just satisfied by if I was just acting um and I don't really know what those parts are it could have been the like kind of power control part of me that wants kind of a little bit more of control in things um because I think as an actor there's a lot of situations where you find yourself uh not in control or listening to other people or taking direction and things like that um but yeah, I think you're right. I think I think that in doing writing, directing, and acting all together, I've been able to fill whatever voids I was feeling just when I was only auditioning. Mm. Okay. Uh, so with the, just back to the acting side of it. Um, yeah. Do you have any techniques you use to get into character or to portray a character? I absolutely don't. And I will right. honestly <laughs> admit that. So I I went, um, obviously you learn different techniques as you go along you have um when I was at Tish we were I was doing Adler a lot of people uh you know subscribe to different techniques and methods I think there's kind of like a pattern that I do so but I don't know if it's a, a method or a technique so so if I'm getting a role um that I'm about to play I'll definitely research I'll definitely um I tend to, if, if there's an accent involved, I've been doing a lot of accents recently. Um, yeah. I will definitely spend the two days before filming um, in that accent just 
to help with that. But I think a lot of the time filming can be such a crazy experience because you show up and sometimes it's crazy and you just, you sit down and they're like action and you're like, Oh my gosh, what is going on? So, um, I feel like I, my technique is just like being on my toes, especially, you know, I put all the work in ahead of time so that I can be on my toes and be free when I get to the set. So it is a lot of research. Um, for some roles I've kept journals and kind of done journal entries, um, for the, for the bigger roles. Uh, I've definitely done that. Um, yeah, yeah, that I I think like within all my training over the past decade now, which is crazy. Um, you know, I've worked with a lot of phenomenal teachers and they offer things that help and they offer things that don't help. And it totally depends. You kind of make your own tool belt and take what works for you. So I've just kind of created like the Shannon Walsh tool belt that works for me. And, um, that's just kind of how I've kind of how I've dealt with things and, 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 you know, similar to auditions, I, I try to tell myself and try to work in a way that like, whether the role is mine yet, or I'm still auditioning, I, I approach it similarly. I approach it as if I did book it so that I can really put my whole self into it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so back on the directed again now. Yeah. Um, so I gave, uh, I, I watched, um, on and on. So that's yeah. the film you made. Really heartwarming, huh? <laughs> yeah. I, so I was, I was, uh, yeah, I was kind of intrigued by that. Um, so I was going to ask what, what kind of inspired that? That was definitely the most personal film I've ever done. So that was, um, the guy who I worked with on that, uh, who was my producer for that is someone who I, I just have really great philosophical conversations with. Um, and you know, he, he had kind of instructed me to dig deep and be as, I mean, there are some people who think it's too personal and I've gotten that feedback and, I'm okay with that if that's kind of like where I'm starting. I, I think like I needed to get that story out to tell others. So yeah. I'm happy I got it out in what, for that, that was my second short film. Um, so what inspired that was essentially like, I am someone who has had a lot of anxiety and depression over yeah. my course of my life. Um, and I was trying to just write stories and stories and stories and none of them were working. And then, you know, it was really my producer who was like, his name is Andrew. He was basically saying like, what, what, what is really there? Like, what is there that's beneath the stories? And I was like, mm. I don't know, probably this kind of crazy experience of a series of crazy experiences I had with like coming to terms with existentialism as a seven-year-old. So yeah. it, I really struggled with what it meant that when, where you go when you die and what happens when you die. Mm -hmm. And I I did have these very, very violent panic attacks when I was very young. Um, And I remember I I went, I refused to go to doctors for a while. And then I started going to doctors and um, on and on was kind of born from my, like my attempt to come to terms with all those experiences and all those panic attacks I had as a little kid. Uh, and so that was my like adult self diving back into that. Um, and that's actually funnily, funnily enough, I wouldn't call it a proof of concept, but that short is the opening of, of a feature that I'm trying to make right now. Um, so those, though, that, that idea of a young child or a teenager coming to terms with the existential concept of death and the abstract concept of death 
and not just grief, right? Like we're not just dealing with grief. We're dealing with like the abstract concept of what it means to die. That kind of is prevalent in all my writing. Um, So it is interesting that on and on and this feature that I'm, that I've written um, have a lot of crossover and that's kind of a prevailing theme in both of these scripts. So that's kind of what I was trying to do with on and on. Okay. So it it sounds like, like your past experiences and your your mental health kind of inspired that film. Um, do you think creating that film was helpful towards your mental health? A great question. I think I uh, mental health is a very it's in it's in every script I write, and it's probably in every mm. script I will write. Like if I have yeah. what is my thing as a writer, this is my thing. Um, dealing with mental health in adolescence heavily. Um, So I think all my experiences as a writer director will deal with that. The question of whether or not they've helped, I think it has. I mean, I coincidentally started seeing, I was briefly seeing a cognitive behavioral therapist who, and this is kind of in the script. I know this. I don't know if a viewer would know this, but essentially like cognitive behavioral therapy tries to immerse you in the fear. So if someone is a, and I'm not a doctor, so I might be saying all this wrong, but (laughs) if someone's a social uh, has has a fear of of social interactions, uh, a CBT therapist could very much be like, they could very well say, go into a store and your homework is to walk up to a random person and do your fear, like experience your fear until you're not scared of it. So for me, and this is why the end of on and on is a song about death is my, my, my therapist told me to write a song about death and, and start researching all the things that scared me. So that was black holes. That was uh, different philosophers opinions on, on, the afterlife. Um, so I kind of started researching that stuff. And then one of the assignments was to sing a song about it. So the song I sing at the end of on and on is the song that I wrote when I was in, uh, in oh. working with this cognitive behavioral therapist. So no one knows that I, 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 I don't think, I, I don't think people even worked on the project know that. Um, but yes, I do think it helped me come to terms with a lot of my fears, uh, in creating that, which is like, why we create, right? I, I think yeah. one of my acting coaches told me, um, when you, he used to say, the more personal you are, the more universal you are. And, and I very much believe that. So, so the more personal I can get, and the, I do think it resonates with other people, um, or I hope, obviously, that, that it does. Yeah. I think that, that's kind of interesting that you, you took elements from your, your real life and put it into the film. Because I've yeah. I, I've seen a CBT therapist about my mental health and okay. tried hypnotherapy and they've both people actually are like said a good piece of advice is using creative outlets like music just like you so that's really interesting exactly yeah so so you know what now I'm realizing like maybe this short film was kind of a cognitive behavioral therapy assignment yeah yeah you could argue that yeah you could argue that in its own way it, it's it was a method to help me come to terms with my own fears. Mm. And it's a piece of art I just submitted to some festivals too. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Interesting, interesting. Uh, so obviously like you've we've just been talking about, you're, you're really liking the directing uh, at the minute. Are there any films 
maybe like recently you've watched and thought I would have directed that differently? Interesting you asked this because two nights ago I watched Promising Young Woman and I actually thought I would do, I, um, I, I, I loved it and I was like, I could see myself directing this. I think yeah. my shots, the shots I would have chosen were actually kind of, kind of similar to what I saw. So that was actually the first movie I'd seen in a while where I, I resonated and like identified and actually thought I would make similar choices, which I don't usually, right? Usually you're kind of there being like, I would have done this, I would have done this. Yeah. Um, so that's a movie that I watched recently that I identified with and I love the tone of that film. I hope and dream and wish that um, a short film that I'm literally trying to wrap today um, called The Rose Ceremony is, it, it's very, the colors are super, are super similar to, um, I'm pointing to my TV, that's why I keep doing this. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, Promising Young Woman, it's a dark comedy, female-centered piece. So yeah. there is a lot, and there are sets use pops of red, which is crazy. I mean, that was literally the film I was like, I want this, this color palette is is perfect, but I didn't yeah. say that till post-production. I actually hadn't seen the film when I wrote or filmed mine. Mm. Um, like I literally just watched it two days ago. Um, in terms of film, I would do differently. I don't know if there's, there's some films that I've seen recently that I know I couldn't, I just have things that like, I think I wouldn't be good at. And I think there's yeah. certain things about, right? Like finding your niche. Um, I watched Sound of Metal recently, which I thought was phenomenal. And I was just like, wow, this would have been, if I had been handed this script, like, I don't know what I would have done with it. I think what they did with it was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, but I totally would have needed, I definitely would have do, done a different angle from what they did, but I, I don't really, I haven't sat and thought enough to know what I would have done, but that's like a monster of a script in a beautiful way to have received. And I think they, and they freaking killed it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that is a, so that is a thing with you, like where you'll, you'll watch things and think I, I would have done similar to that or differently. My, my boyfriend always says like, you don't watch enough. Like he consumes <laughs> everything. Like he's watched every television show and every, he watches a lot of film. The reason why, um, People are like, how have you not seen that? Like, this is what you do. You know, <laughs> I find it as much as I love watching film. It's um, it's a little exhausting because yeah. my brain goes into overdrive when I watch it. So I'm like sitting there analyzing the shots and the color and the acting and the directing and the writing and the structure. So it's almost like, I don't want to say it's work because I love it so much, but it is using mental energy so yeah, yeah it's using mental energy so i think sometimes like <laughs> i watch reality tv because i can turn off and just yeah. laugh and not study it yeah. so like i know who was this someone was telling or i was reading an interview where jennifer lawrence was um i think i'm right i think this was an interview where jennifer lawrence would between takes while she was filming mother she would go and watch like the kardashians or something in her <laughs> um like in her trailer or something I totally get that because there's certain things you want to watch that you can just watch. Yeah. And I think a lot of people can do that. For me, it's very hard to not overanalyze and study and 
take away from, which is such an important thing to do, but it does require energy. Um, and I spent all day writing. So like, sometimes I just need a break and I'm really bad at relaxing. Yeah, that's so, fair enough. But I, yeah, I do find myself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so a bit of a different question. Um, so obviously you're in like the film entertainment industry. What is that like as a woman? Is that, I'm guessing that's different in a lot of ways. Yeah, super different. I mean, I moved to LA two years ago. I got here and then the pandemic happened. So, oh, right. So I got, I got here, then it was the holidays and then a couple more minutes passed or months passed. Yes. And, and then, you know, we were in quarantine. Mm. So um, I feel like I'm only recent. This quarantine for me was spent writing. I wrote seven scripts. So I oh, wow. just was insane. Not all features, but a lot, a lot of features, a lot of pilots. Um, so that's all I did. Um, I sat right there and I just wrote. Um, probably should have, you know, worked out more and done things <laughs> like that. But anyways, um, I, I think it's, it's hard being a, a woman in this industry. I think um, there's a lot of experiences I've had as an actor that, I don't like thinking about or looking back at um, that directly had to do with my being female. Um, And there are experiences that were great. Obviously I've had so many experiences I'm so grateful for, but you know, as directors, you can't ignore the lack of female representation you see Mm. on the Oscar ballot, you know, and it is changing. And I hope that the change continues, but me identifying as female is definitely something I'm proud of. And I want to, I'm so proud to be like, I'm a young female director and I want to do X, Y, and Z. And I think certain aspects of the industry are changing and and helping that sort of progression happen. And, And there's also just like such phenomenal female directors out there that like, we shouldn't we females should be given the exact same opportunity you know what I mean yeah. so um being a woman in Hollywood is you know you you read a lot and you see a lot and it's a very convoluted experience and then there's the whole thing with how media portrays it and you know um but as a as personally I think I I've been very lucky with the experiences I've had being a woman in Hollywood yeah. um but I also feel like I have so much more I want to do and I'm going to do it either way. Like, I'm not going to let these things, I'm not going to let there be like a ceiling to what I can do. Um, Or I will push through that as women have before me and continue to do. Um, Yeah. I think it's a very different experience uh, being, being a female in this industry, especially when you get on calls. Like I was on a call the other day. I was like me and five guys, five men. So I was just like, it's just interesting. This is something I'm, it's new to me um yeah. doing this side of things but yeah yeah it do, it does like i guess like for, from my perspective i just see in the media or like the the sexism going on um, so much yeah it's also like why do we have to just be like sitting there judging our oscar dresses you know let's have a conversation yeah. about the work that the work that's going up in the oscars or the festivals mm. let's you know, I don't want to be judged for what I'm wearing on the red carpet. I want to be judged for the creative output I'm giving yeah. the world. 
Yeah, see that that's a good point. That I just like like you said, I guess it kind of just gets overlooked in the in the media. Yeah. Pretty sad. Which is why like um Chloe, Chloe with, <clears throat> with Nomad Land was such a beautiful win because that movie's phenomenal. Yeah. So uh yeah. so sorry that got a, a bit deep there. Um, that's okay. Uh so which actor or actress uh, would you love to work with? Who? <laughs> I've said this time and time again, and I think I look like her, so I think that contributes to it. But Jodie okay. Foster is a huge, I'm a huge oh, yeah. fan of Jodie Foster. She's actually had like a similar, um, you know, she's delved in the things that I want to delve into as well. Mm. Um, so that's, that's cool. There's so, I literally couldn't. There's just so many right now. There's, um, <laughs> I feel like every movie I've seen, I love Carrie Mulligan. I love, there's a lot of up and coming actors too, who I think are just phenomenal. You know what I watched the other day that I absolutely loved was Coda, um, which I think it just came out on, um, was it, I'm not sure what, I'm not going to say, because I don't remember what streaming platform <laughs> I, watched, I watched it on, but it was so good. And that girl is so good. Jeff Bridges is another one. Yeah. <laughs> I could just name so, I could name so many people, but I, I've always said Jodie Foster and Jeff Bridges. Mm. Those have always been like my go-to, I would die to work with you uh, answers. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's a bit of an open-ended question because there are quite a lot of uh, amazing actors. Yeah. Um, yeah. So on the other side of that, uh, obviously you don't have to name names, but are there any actors you wouldn't want to work with again? Like that were maybe difficult or just. No, you know what's funny? Uh, people always people are always like, "Oh, how was working <laughs> with this person? How was working with this person?" Um, I've been super lucky. I have literally not had it like a, a bad experience with it with another actor, which is That's good. I think pretty rare. Um, yeah, I, I literally haven't, I, I've made, I, I think from every set I've worked on, I have an ongoing relationship with at least one actor that yeah. I still talk to, to this day. That's um, cool. like I did a movie in gosh, 2014 with a friend of mine who I'm seeing for lunch tomorrow. Um, yeah. I was just chatting with a guy who I met at the premiere of my first, that Wes Craven film in 2010. So um, I still, and then yesterday, wow, now I'm like going through this. I'm like, yeah, you do keep in contact. There was um, the kid who played um, my brother in Begin Again. I was uh, spending time with uh, talking to yesterday. So um, I've had very positive experiences with, with all the actors I've worked with. Um, So I, I don't think I have an answer for that. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. A, that's a good thing, I guess, you know. Yeah, it's a, it's a good thing. I mean, yeah. I've been lucky. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Your new film, uh, The Rose Ceremony, uh, yeah. that's out soon. Could you give us yeah. like a, a little rundown of what that's about? Oh, yes. So The Rose Ceremony is a twisted, dark comedy about how far an exhausted intern will go for her glass of wine. So during the pandemic, true story, I spent an hour trying to open a bottle of wine with a corkscrew and then 
it was a twist off. So I spent <laughs> literally an hour trying to open a bottle of wine. I was, you'll see in the movie, like I was hitting, you know, the shoe thing, hitting it against the wall. I was putting, um, I, I was using a corkscrew to put it in the bottle. And then an hour later, I was like, oh my goodness, it's a <laughs> twist off. So then I was just thinking I'm an idiot for about two hours. And I was like, I think I need to, I think I need to make a movie about this. So it, it's basically, um, it, it has a very interesting, you know, how, um, I don't know if you've seen the uh, White Lotus, which is like everyone is loving right now. Um, so. Oh my gosh, it's so good. White Lotus has a very, very, in my opinion, like very specific tone and right. it's a little off kilter. And I hadn't seen White Lotus, but now I'm using that to describe the tone of it just because it's a little off kilter. It's dark, there's blood, there's gruesome sounds, but it's just a really funny situation. Um, The Rose Ceremony is interesting because it's definitely the first movie that I've ever made that's, that's comedic. I've never made something funny. I'm very much like a drama person between acting writing and directing all my stuff is very dramatic and this is a dark comedy and we're, we're trying to finish it um we have the music coming in today yeah and this whole i will tell you now this whole film is going to hinge on how the uh, music is uh how the music sounds it'll be very important so i'm super yeah. excited for that and then we start submitting like next week um oh, wow. my best friend in the entire world uh I feel one of my best friends in the entire world um, is a phenomenal actor and phenomenal creator. Uh, so he, his production company is behind it. Uh, Moon Jelly Productions. His name is Camrys and uh, Camrys Johnson. And he is, uh, has been really instrumental in helping me get this off the ground. And um, I'm, I, I have no idea how it will do in the circuit, but I'm very excited and hopeful. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a, a kind of new challenge for you if it's if it's a comedy and you've never done that before. So, it should be exciting just to weird. release. Yeah, and I'm super excited for that. It's just interesting because it's very um, simple, right? So, like yeah. a lot of my stuff that I write, I feel like is very convoluted, and there's messages and there's underlying motifs and things like this and that. But with this one, it's literally she just wants to open her wine. Like that's the whole premise. Right. So we'll see. Either that will resonate with people and they'll be like, oh my God, that was me during quarantine or, <laughs> or it won't. So we're yeah. going to find out. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for next week's episode where I talk to music duo rmk and toppen for more updates follow the show on instagram at living in entertainment podcast see you next time